There we are. Let's all stand. We're going to open service with uh, a bit of worship. Uh, we'll sing a song I know I promised you I wouldn't sing. It fell to me uh, this one time. So worship loud. <laughs> you won't have to hear me. Amen. But uh, we're going to open with uh, with prayer, with praise, with thanksgiving. God's going to do awesome things here. Uh, not because me, maybe not even because of you, but because of his great name's sake. For his name's sake, he will do wondrously in our midst here today. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your presence here this morning. I am so thankful for your so great salvation and for this opportunity you've afforded us today to enter into the presence of Almighty God. You are an awesome God that has never been in doubt. Your glory extends throughout all the earth. You are great and you are greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bind together as one here, as one body this morning, entering into the presence of God, the Lord our God, our Savior, our Redeemer, the lover of our souls. You are the Lord our God, and there is none else. We bind together as one. All hearts, all eyes, all ears are attent to you, to the throne of God this morning. Hallelujah, and we would receive of you today all that you have in store. We would hear Jesus. We would see Jesus today. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would minister to the needs here today and that as one body we would minister to you today with our worship and with our praise and with our giving of thanks. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. As I journey through the land, singing as I go Pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul from without, within. But my Lord leads me on, through Him I must win. Oh, I want to see Him, look upon His face. Let us sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, hope at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark may be the night. But I'll cling more close to Him, He will give me light. Satan's fears may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord goes ahead, leaves whatever be tied. Oh, I want to see Him, look upon His face. Better sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, oh my last, ever to rejoice. When in valleys, though I look toward the mountain height, and behold my Savior there, leading in the fight, with a tender hand of touch to the valley low. Guiding me, I can see a 
as I onward go. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Tis all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When before me billows rise from the mighty deep, then my Lord directs my bark, He doth safely keep, and He leads me gently on through this world below. He's a real friend to me, oh, I love Him so. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face, that I sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Here's all past, oh my last, ever to rejoice. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Here's all past, oh my last, ever to rejoice. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are a wondrous God. You are a glorious Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. I do exalt, laud, and magnify the name of Jesus. And I do desire to see you, Lord Jesus, not through a glass darkly, but face to face. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm looking forward to that blessed day, that glorious day when I stand before my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. I do so desire to hear you say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That day is soon coming. It's soon coming. I feel it, Lord Jesus. I can't wait to see you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for reaching down when I was lost, when I was a long ways off, and calling me to a place of repentance so that I could spend eternity with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a blessed hope. What a glorious future we have in store. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. We have such an awesome hope. A blessed promise of a, of a better future, no matter what we're going through, even in our best moments. Even if things are going perfect for you. We've got so much more to look forward to. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I'll just uh, run through a couple announcements here really quick before we get started. Um, thank you to all of our ladies who bond together, uh, kind of online, I guess, uh, this Tuesday evening for prayer. Uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, if, if this church is going to move forward, if we're going to do anything for God individually, as a family, as a church body, it's got to be first through prayer. We have got to we have got to be men and women of prayer. So thank you for that. Uh, all of our men uh, who went to the the prayer breakfast yesterday, thank you for that. I was telling Brother Richard I, I saw it on the calendar about 1 p.m. yesterday, and uh, whoops, <laughs> I did pray yesterday, just not at the prayer breakfast. But thank you, yeah, just in time. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Uh, ladies Retreat is, is coming up. That is going to be in Wisconsin Dells, April 22nd through 24th. 
If you do plan on attending, please see Sister DeMuth. Uh, she needs those numbers. And also, uh, the, uh, the room payments are due by March 1st. If you do plan on going and you have that ready, uh, please give that to Sister Becker. Uh, she will take care of that. I trust. No, she will. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Yes, sir. It is. Okay. Excellent. He was at the prayer breakfast. Good man. I like him. Um, okay. So, if you are a... Jesse, Brother Richard, and myself, <laughs> Brother Wayne. And online, I'm still getting used to that. I am so sorry. Yes, <laughs> if you're watching online, please be aware of that. And uh, uh, do you have any more information on that? Just that it's open? Okay. Okay, perfect. If you're, uh, if you're hooked up with ACS, you can register that way. Go to the, uh, Wisconsin Men's District, Men's Ministry website. Look up that and, uh, take care of that. That is a powerful men's meeting. And, uh, I definitely intend on being there this year. Uh, you will be blessed. Okay. Am I missing anything? Awesome. All right. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, we do consider ourselves, as a church, apostolic. We, we say that we are apostolic. We say that we are, uh, we belong to an apostolic church. We are descendants, spiritual descendants of the apostles. We believe the apostles' doctrine. And if somebody would ask us or ask me, I would say, you know, what denomination are you? Uh, I would either say I'm a Pentecostal, one is Pentecostal, or I'm apostolic. Now, what does that mean exactly? What does it mean to be apostolic? When we say I'm an apostolic, what, what are we telling people? And maybe more importantly, when someone said apostolic in the first century church, what did they hear? What did they understand that word to mean? We read, we read about the twelve apostles. We read about other apostles, uh, not of the twelve in the book of Acts. But what did, what did the first century church hear when Paul said, I'm an apostle? What did that mean to them? It means something to us, but it means something a little bit different today than it did back then. And so we're going to talk about that today. Uh, what does it mean biblically to be an apostle? What did the first century church, because we believe we are, we have the doctrine of the first century church, yes? And so, uh, so we need to understand what the first century church heard when they heard the word apostle. Acts 2 verse 42 says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. 
So, uh, it turns out that the word apostle is not actually scriptural or biblical in origin. We, we certainly read the word there, but the original use of the term was secular in meaning. And uh, the meaning was very clear. If you were a person living 2,000 years ago and heard the word apostle, uh, you would understand it to mean one of these things. Now, it comes from the Greek word apostolos, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it's a compound word from apo, which means away, and the word stello, which means I send. So if we put them two together, that means one who is sent away, a messenger, an envoy, a delegate, one commissioned by another to represent him in some way. Okay, in the New Testament, it depicts a minister sent by Jesus Christ or by the church. And that word is translated as apostle. If we go a little deeper into the word, the word stello is actually derived from the word stolos. And that depicts a military expedition, a campaign, a tour, armed forces, such as an army, a navy, or a military entourage. So then we get the understanding that apostolic ministry is a frontline ministry. Apostolic ministry is, is similar to a military expedition. It ventures into new territory and crushes the enemy and establishes their culture, establishes their nationality. Applied to apostolic ministry, we go into a new territory, and with the power of God, we crush the enemy, and we take that new territory for Jesus Christ. Now, the person designated as apostle, whether secular or spiritual, wasn't one who was merely sent off, but one who was empowered, invested with authority, and then dispatched to accomplish a special task. So it wasn't just some uh, Greek messenger that was, you know, running to the king with a, with a message. It wasn't like that at all. It was an ambassador. It was someone who was invested with authority. It was someone who literally represented that person in word and in deed. So there are four distinct images that would come to the mind of a New Testament hearer when they heard the word apostle. One of those is the admiral of a fleet of ships. Okay, During the time of Demosthenes, he was a Greek orator who lived from 384 to 322 B.C., the word apostolos was a naval term that described the admiral of a fleet of ships. This fleet had wartime capability, but its primary function was to search out areas that were previously or, or heretofore uncivilized. And what, the, what this fleet would do is it would find these areas, and they would disembark, and they would establish Greek civilization and Greek culture in that new area. Now this fleet was all, this apostolos or admiral was always accompanied by a specialized crew. This crew would have skills, talents, and abilities that would be necessary for the construction of a new colony. Within this crew, there would be those who could construct homes, buildings, those who could teach the uncivilized natives the Greek language and culture, organizers. Every skill that the apostolos would need to start a new colony from scratch. 
Now, once they embarked, they would begin the hard work of establishing a new Greek colony in the previously unsettled and uncivilized area. They would replicate that culture, the language, the government, uh, the school system. They would replicate everything in that previously uncivilized culture. They would duplicate the Greek culture in that new area, in this new land. And then once the colony was established and running, the admiral would pack up, taking those crew members he would need, and go on in search of other uncivilized areas, and would repeat the process. Now, how does this apply to the apostolic church? The apostle, the apostle proper, would go with his team, with his companion, whoever it was, they would go and they were sent by God to a specific area. We read in, in the book of Acts that Paul wanted to go into Asia, but wasn't allowed to. He, he went where he was sent because he was an ambassador. He represented Jesus Christ. So he went where he was sent. He took his team or his companion with him, and they went in and they established Christian culture in previously heathen territories, areas, cities. And they did that very effectively. They did that because they had the power and the authority to do so. They did that because they were chosen by God as his representative and given that ability, given that power, that authority to do so. They had not only his permission to do that, but they had his mandate. They had his command to do that. And they did that very well, didn't they? They went into different cities. They established Christian culture, churches. And they got them up and running, and then what did they do? They put an elder in charge, and then they went and they did it somewhere else. That's what the apostle did. Now, as far as the apostolic church, I think it's safe to say that all of us here are not apostles in the proper sense of the word. I don't believe I am either. But the apostolic church is called to do exactly that, because we are descendants from that. God has mandated us to do the exact same thing. God has given us power and authority to go out into heathen territories, heathen cities, and start new works. He's given us the ability. He's given us permission. He's given us the mandate to do so. That's what we are to do as the apostolic church. We can't keep it right here. We are here to build not only a church, but the kingdom of God. That's what we are here to do. And so God has given us the power and the authority to do that as the apostolic church. Psalm 145 verse 13 says, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. His dominion endures even into this generation. He has dominion here today. And that dominion is exercised through his body, through the church of God, through you and me. He's not going to just come down in a cloud and convert everybody. I wish he would, but he's not going to. What he will do is he will empower you and me to go out and do the exact same thing as individuals and as a church body. 
Because we are the apostolic church, we have God-given authority, dominion, and mandate to reach into our communities, our cities, our counties. Amen. Another thing they heard when they heard the word apostolos is a passport. Because the word apostolos was so closely associated with traveling, being sent, it eventually came to be identified with the idea of, of a travel document. If someone wanted to travel from territory to territory legally and hassle-free, they would carry an apostolos or a passport. This document would guarantee right of passage and would allow the bearer of this document to move freely from place to place, even places they had never been before. So how does this apply to us? The apostle through apostolic ministry, it applies two ways. One, again, It would allow entrance of the Christian church into areas that previously had none, that we hadn't been before. But also in a spiritual sense, it meant that the the, the ministry of the the apostolos or uh, apostle would unlock new spiritual truths that probably wouldn't have been unlocked otherwise. We read of the Apostle Paul uh, where he claims that, I should have put that scripture in, His doctrine, this gospel, wasn't from man. It was from God. It was straight from Jesus Christ himself. And so uh, these revelations that the apostles had and then presented to the church proper through uh, the epistles and through teaching led us into new spiritual truths that we would not otherwise have known or understood. Isaiah 28, 9 through 10 says this, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So first of all, uh, to learn knowledge, we've got to come off of milk, don't we? We've got to move forward. We've got to grow and mature as Christians. And that doesn't happen completely, or it doesn't happen the way God uh, intended it to, without the idea of revelation, without the, the idea of God revealing truth to his people. And one of the ways he does that is through apostolic ministry. As the apostolic church, we are called to lead those around us to Christ. And after that, we're called to lead them into a deeper walk with him, a greater understanding a greater and more complete consecration to his work. That's what we're called to do. Uh, The church is called to do two things, and you're going to hear this a lot. Seek and save the lost, perfect the saints. That's what we're here to do. And if anything that we're doing doesn't contribute in some way to one of those two, uh, we're wasting our time and resources, because that's what we are called to do. Reach the lost and perfect them. Bring them into a mature understanding of Jesus Christ. Another one that, uh, another idea that was presented with the word apostolos is that of an ambassador. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, but it was someone, used to describe someone who had delegated authority to act in the stead of the one who sent him. He was recognized as representing and having the authority to speak for the one who sent him. In fact, this relationship was so close that, uh, the one who was sent and the person who sent him 
They were virtually indistinguishable. That relationship was so close that the, the abilities that the, the apostolos had to represent the one that sent him was so complete that they were virtually indistinguishable. Now that applies to us today because having been sent by Jesus Christ, having been called by him, and we've got to understand as a church body that all of us, there is this idea of ministry and laity, that's bogus. Okay, that's wrong. That's a, that's a, that's a Catholic doctrine. Okay? There is no ministry and laity. There's just ministry. All of us are ministers. All of us. Every, every saint of God, every child of God is called to a ministry of some kind. Okay? Um, the, the idea that, uh, we just come to church and, and worship God, hear the sermon, and then go home and then wait for the next service, that is, I'm going to do my best to, to drive that out of this place. Okay? If it's here. I, I don't know if it's here or not. It, probably not. You guys are very busy. And you're very faithful. I would like to segue just a moment to comment on that. Your faithfulness is amazing. It, it blows me away. I want to thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness to your pastors over the years, to the church, to God. Uh, thank you. I pray every day that God rewards you for that faithfulness. I know, I know we don't do it for reward. We don't earn rewards from God, but, but I pray that God blesses you because of your faithfulness. Amen. But we are, uh, we are called to ministry. We have a ministry. God created us for exactly that purpose. Uh, he didn't create us to warm a pew. They are a little cold and probably do need to be warmed. But uh, that's not why we're here. We are called to minister in some form, fashion, or other. Okay? It may not be behind here, uh, but your ministry is just as important. And I can't stress that enough. It is just as important, maybe even more so. Uh, but it's certainly just as important as any other ministry. There are no big eyes and little U's, okay? We are all children of God, and we all stand before God with the same stature. Broken, humble, repentant, in need of grace. Amen. And so, we are, uh, as one body, we need to be fitly framed together. We'll talk about that in the next service. Um, but... Uh, we need to realize what our ministries are. The reason that God created us, if we fulfill that, if we discover why God created us and we start moving toward that, that is the only thing that can fulfill you. You can, you can go after all kinds of other things, business success, financial success, uh, success in sports, scholastics, uh, whatever it is. And you'll find some small measure of satisfaction there, but it won't last. I've tried. I've tried to do that. It doesn't work. It won't last. This is the only thing that lasts. This is the only thing that, that gives you true fulfillment, true peace, true satisfaction, 
uh, is fulfilling the will of God for your life. That's what we have to do. And as ambassadors and as, as the apostolic church, that is what we are called to do, is to go out and reach people for Jesus Christ. Afterward, disciple them. Most would say, and rightly so, that's the hard part. Winning people is easy compared to that. Most of us have, I think all of us have had children here, except my children, and you guys. <laughs> but it's like raising children. I mean, we love children. I love bringing new, I, we love bringing our new children home. But, I mean, that was the easy part. Then we had to change diapers and clean up puke and, and all of that. Anyway, I'm going to start crying. They're all growing up. That's what we need to do. Win people, disciple people. The last definition that, that people heard in the Old Testament or the New Testament church is a spiritual leader. Now, that may seem uh, kind of, yeah, of course, but the spiritual leader that people heard when they heard the word apostolos was not the apostle that we read about in the New Testament, but it was, it was one who was gifted by the gods and sent to the people as the God's special messenger. Now, this was a Greek term again. Uh, uh, Aphrodite or, uh, Athena or Zeus or, or whoever, uh, had these, these special people that they would send to the people with these special words of wisdom, anointed with, with uh, supernatural wisdom and knowledge. And that was the apostolos. <clears throat> they, had, they knew things that were unavailable to the common man. You just couldn't understand what they knew. And they would lead people to greater realms of spirituality because of this special wisdom. So, of course, in the New Testament church, in the apostolic church, uh, we have been given... Uh, supernatural revelation of God's Word, haven't we? The God's Word itself is a... Well, the Bible teaches two revelations, special and general. General revelation we read about in Romans 1, creation. Through creation we understand that there is a God. And we can understand some characteristics of the God that created all of this. We see that, you know, all of these billions and billions of stars out there, there's a lot of energy who bought the gas to run this thing? He's very powerful. Uh, we see that it just keeps going and going and going. This God has to be pretty big. Uh, and we, we look at the DNA molecule. We look at uh, how, how things are structured and formed. We understand that he's a pretty smart engineer. He's, he's really intelligent. But what we can't gather from creation is his name we don't understand anything about his character can we talk to him can we know who he is does he know who i am all of those things are unavailable to us through creation we find out some characteristics about this creator god but we can't know him for that, we need special revelation. We need God's Word. Because in God's Word, we understand who He is. 
He lets us know what his name is. We, we understand how we can have a relationship with him, how we can approach this holy God. And we understand that he does love us and that he wants the very best for us and he wants a relationship with us. We can't understand that out here. But through, through supernatural revelation of God's word, that's when we begin to understand these characteristics of God. And then, once we have that understanding, we can go then and to teach other people that. God can use us to reveal the same things he revealed to us. Now, simply teaching, that's not going to reveal anything. Just giving information isn't going to do a whole lot. But when the Holy Ghost uses you to reveal those things to someone, that's when, that's when the, 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 the miracle happens. That's when it becomes really, really cool. So God is going to use us, the apostolic church, to reveal supernatural truths to those around us. So, in review, this is what people heard when they heard the word apostle. A spiritual admiral, an architect and overseer, the chief leader responsible for evangelizing new territories and establishing new works. A spiritual passport. An apostle provided passage from one spiritual dimension to another. A spiritual ambassador, authorized to speak and to act on Christ's behalf, had the backing of God's kingdom behind him, and as the Lord's emissary, had the ability to get things done, whatever the Lord sent them to do. A spiritual leader possessed supernatural insights given to him by Jesus Christ that were essential for the growth and edification of the church. Now, these definitions are in stark contrast to what most people understand today as being an apostle. Now, in today's church, it kind of goes one of two ways. Either there are no apostles today. That ended with the 12. Kind of like miracles and tongues and everything else ended with the, with the book of Acts. Well, we know that's not true. Uh, but then the other extreme is there are all kinds of apostles out there. Anybody that ever gets behind a pulpit is called apostles, this, apostle, that. They got a YouTube channel, they're apostle, this, and prophet, that. Uh, you know, it, you got the apostles of finance, and the apostle of, of uh, music, and the apostle of, of gifts, you know, whatever it is. That's not true either. <clears throat> Probably somewhere in the middle. Yes, there are certainly apostles today. The office of the apostle does exist today. Uh, but everybody is not an apostle. Everybody is apostolic. Everybody in the apostolic church, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're living for God, you're living a holy and a godly life, you are an apostolic, which means that some of this, it does apply to you. It applies to me. Because we're a part of the apostolic church, and the apostolic church is called to do exactly that. To go out and reach new territories, to reach new people, and then bring them, let God use us to, to lead them on to perfection. So, as far as, as far as the differences between what we hear today and what the first century church heard, 
There's a little bit of a difference. And in our, even in our movement today, there's kind of a, a misunderstanding of apostle. Everybody knows pastor, everybody knows teacher, evangelist. Apostle and prophet are kind of a little weird sometimes uh, if, if people start talking about that. And we kind of get this, this idea in our mind, you know, the, well, the apostle is, is like Peter and Paul. And, and if you're an apostle today, you've, you're way up here. And if you're a prophet, well, you know, you're like, like, uh, uh, Isaiah or Jeremiah. And that's, that's really cool. And you, you, you prophesy over people and, and God just tells you things. And there's some truth to that. Uh, but, uh, that's, that's not exactly how it applies to the New Testament church today. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, as far as how the word apostle applies to us, we have to understand, uh, first and foremost, that, uh, we are We need to know who we are in God. We need to understand that although we are most certainly broken and destitute and in need of grace, that's how we stand before a holy and a righteous God. We also need to understand that he has given us grace and he has picked us up and he has cleaned us off and he has anointed us with power and authority and he calls us sons and daughters. Sons and daughters, in all that that means, we need to understand that because when we go out and start performing apostolic ministry, and we got it in the back of our minds that we're worthless, and we're, there's no way God's going to use me to do that. <clears throat> well, I mean, technically, without God, I, I think I'm worthless. I mean, in the fact that I don't have anything to give to anybody. I couldn't help myself out of anything, let alone help someone else. But with God, and God through me and through you, can do absolutely anything that God wants you to do. Because we are his ambassadors. No, we we don't have the skill and the talent and the ability to, to do any of this. God has given us a huge Huge task in this city. There's no way that we can do that of ourselves. But when we start understanding that God, when we release God through us to do that, through apostolic ministry, then we begin to realize that it can happen. Not because of me, but because of God. God will use us to do what he wants to do here. And he's great at using broken tools and imperfect things. In fact, he gets more glory out of that than he does using someone who has all of the talent and the ability to do it all on his own. I would rather he call someone with no talent and no ability and use them to do great things. Watch that guy just excel. Watch that woman excel. And everybody knows that's God. There's no way, there's no way she could do that but God. 
and in our lives, God is going to do exactly that. We need to understand that we are sons and we are daughters. We're not spiritual beggars. We're not paupers. We're not begging God for, for scraps off of the master's table. Okay? We're not. We're not dogs. We are sons. And he's called us to dine at his table. And he has given us all of the resources of heaven. Those are at our disposal to enact his will. We are sons and we are daughters. All of the promises in that book are ours. When God tells us to do something, he's going to give us the abilities, he's going to give us the qualifications, he's going to open the doors, whatever has to happen for that to take place. Period. It's going to happen. So understanding that, apostolic ministry is first understanding that we are his ambassadors. We haven't earned that right. We never will earn that right. Absolutely not. We can't earn any good thing from God. Okay, you're right. Yep, definitely. But it's his good pleasure to give us those good things anyway. Not because you deserve them, but because he wants to. Because he loves you. And he rejoices He rejoices over you. I don't... I'll never understand that. We know ourselves better than we know anyone. And in times of prayer, I get into the presence of God, probably you too, and you know who you are. I know who I am. But God wants me to come anyway. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to hear our problems. He wants to bless us and minister to our needs. He wants to work through you his will in this city. Amen. We may not hold the office of an apostle, but we are most certainly apostolic. In the coming weeks and months, we're going to begin believing that all these things are given to us. We're going to allow God to move us out by faith and start exercising these, uh, this calling. Allow God to use us in this capacity. Allow God to use you. Generally, as a church body, and specifically, the ministry that you were called to do. If you don't know that, figure it out. God will tell you. He wants you to know. And pursue that with everything you have. God will bless you for it. Amen. Let's all stand. Jesus, I'm so thankful for you. Thankful for the word that you presented here today. Thank you for ministering to your people. I pray, O oh God, that as time goes on, as you move us forward in the plan that you have for us, that you would use us more and more, that you would use us mightily, supernaturally, wondrously, not for our glory, for our benefit, but for your glory and for their benefit. 
I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would reach this city, that you would reach this county. Hallelujah, Jesus. If not us, then who? Use us, I pray. Send us, I pray, to reach this city for the Lord Jesus Christ. And in so doing, I pray, God, that you would move us closer to you, cause us to become more like you, draw us nigh unto the Lord our God in every way. Help us, Lord Jesus, to represent you accurately, effectually, to demonstrate you to this world as your apostolos, your apostolic church. Help us, I pray, to represent you powerfully and effectually to the saving of the lost and to the perfecting of the saints. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.